Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Uh, what are you going to do with that desktop full of PDFs? Aren't you going <laughs> to sort them or something? Shh, shh, I just downloaded Love and Resistance. It's got our game in it and then like a bunch of other things like that game. Yes, that I keep talking about and stuff. But like, I don't know. I just don't want to lose it. So I just, I, you know, I just put it on my desktop where I can see it. Oh, boy. <laughs> Cue music. <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm the guy who meticulously keeps all his files in order. And... Phil, Phil, I'm the guy who meticulously keeps his files in order, (laughs) Phil. Wow, and I didn't even catch it. I just kept on going. It was just smooth sailing. We were just going to go right on through that intro. No names. Just, you know. Saved it. Moving right along. I saved it. (laughs) I, I am the girl who has places to meticulously keep all of my stuff, but is not very good at actually putting things into the spaces. Senda. <laughs> I told you, we were going to skim through the whole intro. No names, nothing. Just bam. Welcome to another Done. pandemic edition of Pandas Talking <laughs> Games, where we neither write the episode nor edit it, as you can tell. Um, or apparently remember our names. Yes. So anyway, we're winging it again tonight, um, which, no, you know, just a little hint, after pandemic, this is probably the format for the show. I'm finding it very hard we're going to go back to writing and, and strictly editing. I mean, gosh, I've reclaimed like three hours of my life. <laughs> right? <laughs> just, just to put this in context. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I've regained time as well, so it's doubtful we're ever going back to this. But for now, we're going to call it the pandemic episodes, because it's still a pandemic going on. And uh, we have a topic uh, for tonight that came in from the Misdirected Mark forums. Uh, who sent it in and what's our topic? Yeah, so this topic is from C. Tofer. And uh, Chris wrote us, um, so how do you categorize and store all of your digital content? As an old school gamer and an old school techie, I have a dozen hard drives and an unknown number of USB drives where I have dropped stuff to. I probably have lost more media than collected and still probably can't ever find what I'm looking for without researching for it online. Boy, do I know that feeling. I have never heard anyone or any podcast dive into how they categorize this excess media. D&D versus Pathfinder versus Indie, then toss it all in all the assets, tokens, maps, one-shots. DM's Guild versus DriveThruRPG versus Paizo versus Roll20 versus all the stuff on proprietary company websites. Thanks for answering my question, Chris. All righty. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, This is um, so... Uh, we always like to, when possible, uh, because we love giving advice. <laughs> it's always helpful if we can give some, ad- like if we give some background to why we might be qualified for such a thing. Context. Yes. Um, so in this case, uh, I'm going to tap into uh, a previous one, two, three career hops ago. 
um, when uh, I was a data librarian for a pharmaceutical pharmaceutical company, which meant that my job was to receive electronic files from our clients and archive them into... Uh, our company um, storage uh, in a way that uh, everybody could find it to make sure that it didn't change, uh, that nothing got, you know, um, altered in the copies and things like that. So um, I'm really good. At <laughs> I'm really good at taking files and putting them in places uh, and being able to find them later. So, uh, yeah, that was um, I did that for many years and um, a lot of those good habits um, from work stuck with me in my personal life. So I thought this would be a fun topic to do because, um, we all have, uh, digital games. I have many, many, so many, I I probably have (laughs) in all honesty, two to three times more digital assets than I do physical. I probably have, Oy, I think I actually probably have three to five times as many. Okay, that's fair. Digital, I, I, because I have a pretty limited physical collection because I'm running out of space. Uh, that and your start point was... Yeah, uh, my start point, everything was already digital. Yes. I, right? I, I Not everything, but like, you know, my start point into indie games... Yes. Everything was already available digitally. I mean, I have a lot of I have a lot of paper stuff from uh, back in the eighties and nineties where some of that made it onto PDF later in scans and stuff like that, whether it was legal or illegal. Um, so I have some of that stuff, and then obviously I have like as PDFs became more prevalent, I have more and more PDFs. All right, so tonight, um, tonight we're going to talk all about what to do with all of those PDFs and gifts and tokens and map tiles and uh, all that stuff. And um, we're going to talk about one how to store it. We're going to talk about how to access it. And we're going to talk about uh, how to annotate it in case you might want to change or alter it and how to um, use it in your game, whether you are playing uh, at the table or you are um, or you are playing online. Right. So does that seem to encapsulate everything that we uh, kind of scratched together in our notes? Uh, yeah, and managing um, updates and versioning because oh. that's a thing that happens yes. with electronic files. Yes, that <laughs> is also a good point. Excellent. Thank you. Um, so cool. Uh, I guess I guess I'm going to start a little and have you kind of um, poke me with questions, um, jump in with comments and things like that, right? Like I feel like I'm, I'm going to kind of uh, take point yeah. on this. I feel like you're definitely going to take point on the actual, like, organizing and storing things because I do not feel qualified to give people advice on storing digital files Okay, <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. That's fair. All right. So, all right. So, let's talk about, let's talk about your digital gaming collection. So, at some point, you have acquired one or more... Or thousands of PDFs. <laughs> yes, thank you. That was the correct. Right. One more or thousands of PDFs. <laughs> or thousands. Yes. Right. Um, yes. Now, there... So so we have to store these things, right? So we have to store them. Now, it, they show up in a lot of different places, right? So 
um, we have a lot of different like inputs coming into our personal our personal cloud, right? So we have things that we've downloaded from DriveThru. We have things we downloaded from Itch. We have bundles of holding. We have things we got in email. Um, direct from from a retailer. So like uh, direct from the Monty Cook Games site or sure. direct oh, from the Evil Hat website. Yeah, we got direct um, downloads from individual sites. We've got yep. stuff that people have um, that have shared um, mm-hmm. through Dropbox, Google, um, all of those. Sometimes, uh, sometimes, um, sometimes those things are done by publishers. Um, let's just acknowledge it. Sometimes your friends lend you a PDF, right? Like link you a PDF or whatever. All right. So we have this like array of inputs mm-hmm. and here's the thing. And I'm going to, you know, try not to Try not to be embarrassed when I say this, but here, here's the thing. <laughs> because we have things coming in from all these different places, we're going to waste too much brain, so too much cognitive load, trying to keep track of all those places, right? So rather what we would like to have, right, the thing that I think you should try to get to is you should have one, maybe two. And I'll, I'll justify what the maybe two is. One to two places where all of these things, no matter where they come from, they all go to one of those spots so that you never have to think, so where is my Tachyon Squadron PDF, right? Because it should only be in one spot or two spots. Right. That's it. it. You don't have to remember, like, did I get Tachyon Squadron from drive through or did I get it directly from from Evil Hat? Right. Like all of those things. Oh, I know the other one that's in that personal cloud. Backer kit. What? Oh, geez. Yeah, right? that one's totally so in backer, there, too, except backer, I keep getting fulfilled from drive through and itch. Right. But yeah. sometimes backer kit just has the like you can just go directly. to backer kit and get them directly. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. again, so if you're back in Kickstarters, this is a whole other place. Right. And I said drive through, but also if you're participating in DMs Guild, right? That's just yeah, that's a drive through subsidiary. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, big array of big array of inputs coming into um, your cloud. So now what you really need to do is have a central repository. So I have two, and I'll explain my two in a second, but we'll just talk about one for right now. Single central repository um, is going to be a file system on whatever, it doesn't really matter whether you're on Mac, PC, or Unix. Um, It's going to be a single file system where you're going to file everything. Now, you you could get super fancy on this, right? So you could be like, okay, I'm going to, I have a folder, I'm going to call it RPGs, and then I'm going to have a folder and I'm gonna like do it by publisher. I'm gonna have an evil hat folder, a Monty Cook folder, uh, you know, this folder or that folder, or whatever. I'm gonna give you the best piece of advice I ever. It's not the best piece of advice. I've gotten so many good pieces of advice out of the Getting Things Done book, but I'm gonna give you a piece of advice from the Getting Things Done book. The best way to file things is as simple as possible, because as simple as possible is how your brain is going to remember what you're looking for. So my recommendation for you is don't get super fancy with this with this directory. Start at a top level, RPGs, RPG files, whatever. Underneath it, just make a folder for every game title. 
because it's the thing you're going to remember, right? You may not always remember the publisher, but good chance you're going to remember, you're going to remember the game title you're looking for. Um, so just put them in there, one folder after another. Now, inside each folder, if you want to have some subfolders, like a folder for playbooks, a folder for, um, oh, maybe it came with uh, PDFs for cards. Um, maybe it came with map tokens or or full-size maps. You want to have like some subfolders in there. Um, if you're doing something really big like uh, D&D, right? So maybe you've got D&D and then you've got, um, you could either do addition, right? And then put all your stuff or you could just do each edition at the top level, right? So you could just have like second edition, third edition or D&D second, D&D third, whatever. Yeah, then you would be able to put like your one shots if you have published material. Yeah, exactly. Gather it all in one place. Exactly. Um, and, and so what you want is, you know, you want like, say you want D&D fifth edition, then you might want one like that's core books, supplements, adventures, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Map token, map tiles, tokens, whatever, whatever. Okay. You're actually making me feel better because so far the parts of my RPG collection that are organized because I've kept up with them, they're organized exactly like that. So go me. Yeah. I just haven't kept up with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so we'll talk about that in a second, right? We'll talk about yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the we'll talk about that part, the filing part. But my my best recommendation is don't complicate this. One, because if you're looking for something, you're going to have to traverse through 100 folders. That's not fun. Um, but two, really, when you're looking for Dungeon World, you really just want to be able to like go in the RPG folder, scroll down to the Ds, find the Dungeon World folder. Mm -hmm. um, or if you're on a Mac, right, then you can just bring up... Um, D-U. Or, you okay, know, command, command space and then start typing and find your folder. Well, I mean, if you're looking at a finder window, oh, yeah, you yeah. start typing the name of a, a folder. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So, so again, I say keep that simple. Now, I'm going to go back to um, two repositories. So, one repository, I'll get to the two in a second... Depending on how many PDFs you have, this collection could be quite big. Like, hmm. I think I'm up to like 20 something terabyte terabytes. Good heavens. No, you it's not terabytes. A, you definitely have a lot more PDFs than it's I do. It's not terabytes because I don't have multi. I have like a two terabyte array. No, I have like, I, I have like, I must have, um, I have many, many gigs of um, many, many hmm. gigs. One of, gig, many gigs, thousands of gigs. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. Uh, so it's enough. So let me make my point. I have, um, so I keep the games that I'm currently interested in, currently interested in playing. I keep those on Google Drive. Now, I only have 100 gigs of Google Drive, so I'm not putting my whole collection on Google Drive. So I have on Google Drive, I have an RPG RPG um, rules or whatever. And in there, I have all the stuff that is uh, stuff that I'm currently actively um, reading, interested in, might play, um, is in my rotation for reading, whatever. Uh, and the reason I do that is because, and we'll talk about this in a second, I can access that from uh, devices. Then 
I have a network attached storage. So I have a NAS, right? So this is a small box with uh, two two terabyte disk drives that sits on a shelf that uh, anything in my house connects to by the network. And there I have my entire RPG collection. So everything that's in the Google Drive plus everything else that's not in the Google Drive, everything sits on that NAS. And that NAS is backed up um, because it's um, those two disks are in an, in a RAID, so they copy, they mirror each other. So I have a backup of all that stuff, uh, just in case. And from time to time, when I'm not feeling super lazy, um, I sometimes hook that up to another drive and copy everything over to another drive and take it and leave it in my office. You don't have to get that fancy, right? Like a NAS is a few hundred dollars and maybe a little more work than you want, but a two terabyte uh, USB drive is like 50 bucks. Um, And you could just have one, two terabyte, you could just buy one, two terabyte drive, plug it into your computer and just have that as your RPG repository, right? Just have that right there um, with all your stuff. Um, Yes. Yeah. And again, I say like, if you want to access some stuff more frequently or from devices, you might want to push some of that up to the cloud. And depending on your cloud storage provider and how much cloud storage you have and stuff like that, right? So I pay once a year for Google. So I have a hundred gigs of Google. I can't use all of it for my RPGs because I've got encoded stuff, (laughs) podcasting and all that crap. We use it for other things too. Um, It is really funny because uh, I... I use partially Dropbox and partially Google Drive, and um, I've more in the last couple of years been switching more and more heavily into Google Drive, but my RPG collection still very much lives on my Dropbox. Yeah, I like made, that's just where it is. I made a and part of that I think honestly is because drive through has that handy dandy little button that's just like send to my Dropbox, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I did the same thing for a long time. I did the exact same thing, but. Um, I don't like uh, Dropbox pricing, like Google Drive pricing is much uh, is much more reasonable. So um, I eventually just moved. And so then one day I literally just took my Dropbox folder of RPGs and put it into Google Drive and was yeah. that migration like that was that was a that was a thing I did one day, like consciously just picked it up, moved it over and was like, OK, here, henceforth, we now live in Google. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. Like, the funny thing is, like, I, I, I did enough, um, like, adding Dropboxes for my other email addresses that I have a pretty reasonable size of Dropbox. <laughs> um, it's not, like, 5 gigs. It's, like, 25 gigs. Um, so it's, like, eh, okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, it is pretty funny. I do have, I'm, like, just just glancing at it i'm like oh look like uh dead friend is there and yep. we robot and over the moon that was very good and you know sure. attractive detectives haven't played that yet but you know um <laughs> all right so now let me talk about before you yes. just read your the entire directory content no i was skipping i was okay. skipping for just good names um <laughs> so now let me talk about how the let me talk about the part you have to get active in right which is yes. like you have to build a good habit so yes. the good habit you need to build is that when you download a thing you put it into your repository all right so into your library 
And that is like one more, it's one to two more steps than you're currently doing, right? So yes. <laughs> if, if you downloaded it, you just need to take the files and put them into the other place. Okay. Yeah, I, that's why I've been successful with Dropbox, because as I said, DriveThru has a direct link. Yes. But now the problem is that all the stuff coming from the other inputs hasn't made it to Dropbox. <laughs> Correct. So so my recommendation, so I have a couple of recommendations. So one, if you are somebody who can be disciplined about this, then just, <laughs> well, hang on, I'm going to give you. I'm, I'm not. I, I'm right. terrible. So I'm going to give you a suggestion of how you can, I'm going to give you a couple of suggestions on how you can solve this. Yes. So if you're disciplined about it, then you just get into a good habit of when I download something, I take it from downloads and I put it into the repository. And then that way um, it's there and done. Okay, that's fine. If you are not disciplined about it, then my recommendation is to take them and take them out of download, right? Because download's basically a junk bin of not only this stuff, but anything else you're downloading and stick them into like a folder in your RPG thing that says something like to sort, right? Use like an uh, underscore or something so that it, it, that folder goes to the top of the list, but just call it like to sort, take everything, just throw it in the to sort thing. And if you're super lazy, you can get one of those programs. That's like a Butler program or whatever that like, you know, runs like automated uh, jobs and have it just scoop up all your PDFs and throw them in that folder to be sorted later. Um, the idea being that as long as you just get it out of the download part, you have some reasonable chance of finding it later and filing it. You ultimately have to file these things. I There is no better way to say this than... If you download it, you have to put it in your library. You can try to make little tricks to automate it. You can try to, you know, pick when you download something to change from the download directory to something else. Um, whatever, whatever is going to float your boat. Um, again, one suggestion would be like have in your downloads directory, have a folder called RPG downloads. When you go to download, just change the directory to RPG downloads, and then just have some automated job on your machine that says, hey, every day, take all everything that's in RPG downloads, move it over to my repository to a sort folder. Now, when you go to look for something, it may not have a folder in your RPG directory, but at least it'll be in your sort folder and you can just go sort it from there. Okay? Yeah. Yep. You could do this that. This is the part where I feel very called out. I could do it. I could I could do it. I know you could write the automation the Mac automation <laughs> to move it and schedule it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I could. So those so <laughs> I, I can't help I can't help you beyond you have to do that part, right? Yes. I, I can give you hints and tricks on how to make it easy or to take advantage of the fact that like, oh, I'll put it in a folder, but I'll never move it over. Like there are a couple of those things I've done to sort folders before where I've thrown, you know, a whole bunch of stuff in. And then like a month later, I'll go in and look and be like, holy shit, and spend like an hour, f you know, um, filing them or whatever. But bottom line is it's going to take a little input of energy to get them in. Um, to one spot, but I highly recommend you put things in one spot because when you go to look for something, 
You're not going to remember where in your cloud these things came from. And it's going to be much easier to just be like, oh, go to the RPG directory, go down to the book name, that's cartel, bam. The other reason I like it by having everything in one folder and not breaking it up, like like not having a folder for rule books, for modules or for whatever, is when I promote something from my NAS to Google, I just take the whole folder, right? So I'm just like, oh, I'm into cartel today. Cartel. Cartel. Bam. And everything for cartel comes with it. All right, cool. That is... Um, that's the archiving part. And just to sum it up, make it as simple as possible. The simpler it is, the more likely you're going to do it. And if you're really not going to do it, find a way to automate it so that the computer can do the work for you. Or at least some of it. At least yes. some of it. Oh, he's pointing at me. It's was, fair. It was fair. It was a fair point. Okay. So <laughs> I think our next part is accessing, right? Um, yeah, reading. I, do you want to do accessing, reading? Do you consider them the same thing? Yeah, I mean, you got to get it. Like, so you have. P, so now that you have PDFs, you actually have to be able to read them and you know look them up, like look things up and whatever. In a useful way. In I mean, you, this is where, and I won't go down this rabbit hole, but I am contractually obliged to say that EPUBs are significantly more accessible than PDFs. <laughs> I don't disagree, but EPUBs have the exact... So for what we're going to talk about, which is opening up the file and looking at the contents, yes. um, EPUB and PDF meet the same need, which is it's somewhere and I need to get it on my device. Yes, that's fair. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Fair enough. Um, you are not wrong in that EPUBs in terms of, of scaling text and things like, and page flow and things like that um, fare far better and on devices. Uh, which is part of what we're going to talk about, right? Is going to be devices. Yes. Okay. So carry on, <laughs> carry on. All right. But we're going to table that part and we're going to just talk about like opening up your PDFs. All right. So now that you have your PDF um, that you got from your Kickstarter, your download from drive through your bundle from itch or whatever, um, you want to go read it. So, uh, the most obvious is that you could just open it up on your computer and read it. But I think that today now more people do, um, don't do that. Like I don't read most of my gaming PDFs on my computer. No, on my computer is just not where I prefer to sit and read. I would rather be on a comfy couch somewhere curled mm -hmm. up with an iPad or really for me, my phone as if it were a book. And I know that I am distinct in that I tend to use my phone for this because um, a lot of people use more of a tablet-sized device. I actually do most of my digital reading on my phone because um, I am very hard of vision. And um, so I like the phone. I can read with my glasses off and I don't have to move it across my face to see the edges of the screen. <laughs> uh, it, it is the correct size. <laughs> it's super interesting. I, I find that to be super interesting. I mean, I have a fairly big... Um, uh, cell phone. My work phone is a iPhone 10x Max, which is you know like like a baby tablet. I think is. Like I I think I would still be able to do it with your work phone, but yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it. I have I have a standard sized iPad and a standard sized iPad. The nine. The nine actually, and a half. Yeah, the nine and a half. I do actually have to move slightly back and forth, which means I can never quite get comfortable because I constantly have to shift two inches back and forth for every line. Um, so it's yeah, funny. It's funny because I don't move clarity. the iPad. I'll just tell you, yeah. I don't move the iPad. I just you move, move the text. Move your, 
No, I just move with my finger. I just move my finger back. Like I blow the text up a little and then I just slide it around with my finger. See, we've just hit the point right here that that is the thing that drives me absolutely up a wall about PDFs. So. (laughs) That you have to scroll back and forth if you make them bigger. So here's the, um, yes, you're not wrong. Um, And that's where EPUB winds up being a superior format. But EPUBs are not as uh, ubiquitous. They're not as easy for people to make in a home publishing sense. And I will be honest, like, um, I am happy to be a resource to point people at ways to make that happen that are reasonably straightforward and free. So, like, talk to me on Twitter. Yes. All right. So, I'm going to open up my PDF. I So, you just said you use your phone. My primary way of opening up PDFs is that I use uh, my iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to that, I have, a, um, I have a particular app on my iPad. And I'm just going to see, I'm pretty sure I also have it on my phone, um, just in case. Just in case you got the name wrong? Just in case I get the name wrong, which well, it looks... Sure I have it which on is, my iPad, which is also right here. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's good reader. I'm going to say one more thing about reading PDFs on um, devices, which is the interesting thing. For me, reading personally, when I'm going to sit down and read something, whether it's a game book or whatever, I'm going to read it on my phone for me reading personally. When I'm actually running a game or using an electronic file at the table, I do do that from my iPad. So I do access it from both places, um, just depending on what it is, right? Sure. I'll talk about that in a second. So I do use, I use on my iPad, I use uh, Goodreader, which is a, uh, which is a free app. I think you can, I think there's a... A tier or something you can pay for like there's a pro version of it but i don't think i've ever used it i think i just use the free version of it um what i like about goodreader is that goodreader is not just a pdf reader goodreader and again this is for ios um i'm not a, i'm not 100 sure what the best um Android version of this is. So I'll tell you what I'll tell you what Goodreader does on iOS and maybe somebody on um can tweet us what the the better version or the good version for Android is. So Goodreader is um one it's PDF reader, two it's its own file manager. So um you can connect to any of your cloud um services and download the um you can download the PDFs or you can sync a folder to your cloud service. So I could be like, oh, I want I want all the cartel files that are on that I have on, on Google Drive. Uh, but you know what? I'm still expecting some, so sync this directory. Yep. Right? And then you'll get, you know, it'll periodically update. Um the other thing that Goodreader does, which we're gonna talk about in a second, is annotations. So you can um, you can highlight things and put notes inside your book and stuff like that, um, all inside Goodreader. Uh, and the other thing that I found out is that um, with the new iOS update, um, that you can make widgets for specific books, so that I don't even have to go into Goodreader right from my um, right from my homepage. I can just like click my Numenera rules. And it'll right. go right into Goodreader, right into Numenera. This is what I'm running right now. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is what I'm running right look, now. It does look like it's about six bucks. Oh, okay. It's not actually free. Okay. I mean, you I can get like the I... free version. I don't know if it's like... I didn't find one. 
Oh, then you're not looking at the right one. Maybe not. It's Good. called Goodreader, right? Oh, you know what? Maybe it is six bucks. Mm-hmm. I have purchased it, so you all have. I get is the so open So all your button. devices give you the open, yes. correct. Okay, so maybe it's six bucks. I highly recommend spending the six bucks and getting Goodreader for your for your iPhone. I feel like if you already have an iDevice and you have PDFs, you already know this. Because I think everyone who's ever... Um, I've ever heard from is like, oh, no, no, totally just use like use Goodreader. Well, it's actually really interesting. I don't. Um, I just plop my PDFs into um, iBooks on my iPad and on my phone. Um, iBooks is the free one that actually does come with your device. The thing that it's lacking is that sync to a folder, right? Like that's really cool. That's really nice. You can um, in iBooks, um, you can uh, highlight, you can write comments, like have little comment notes, you can um, bookmark multiple locations, um, et cetera, et cetera. So like in terms of basic annotation functionality, you can do that without spending any money if you are already there. Again, I don't know on Android devices. I, You know what? When I had, um, for my Android phone, I almost only ever used, um, oh, what is it? I would use um, uh, just the um, Adobe, right? like Adobe Acrobat. Yeah, yeah. But I really like like I can't I I can't say enough about how um I can't say enough about how good the PDF reader is on Goodreader. Like it's it's very good. It's very comfortable. Um I like reading from it. Uh it and again, I like using it for uh actually locally storing uh my stuff. And the reason I like that is because for conventions when I don't know if I'm going to have Wi-Fi access or not, having the PDF local to my device means that I don't have to worry about connectivity in order to read something. Yes, which is pretty key. Which is pretty key for... whatever. Yeah, whatever you use, make sure that you can have the things locally. Yes, for that reason. You never know what the Wi-Fi is going to be like. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I think we've covered that, right? So tablet, yeah. I mean, basically there's tablet, computer, and phone. Yep. Um, and you're going to want a PDF reader for it. Um, and, you know, there's a variety of them. And, I mean, there are a lot of PDF readers. I I, di- I have not done a comprehensive dive on them because I really only like, like, I've had good reader forever. It's um, true. And I he just, and I just like using it. Forever. Okay. okay. I will say one last thing about the iOS books application, which is that if you do get um, RPGs in a blend of EPUB and PDFs, it will read both of them and allow you to highlight and annotate both, which is nice. So that's just a thing. That's cool. Yeah. It is cool. I just want there to be more EPUBs in the world. Yes. <laughs> All right. So then we talked about annotation briefly. Um, for the most part, um, for the most part, I don't annotate too many PDFs. I have one exception. Um, I annotate... Uh, a PDF copy of the uh, DCC modules that I run. Yeah. Because I'm running published adventures, I actually use um, highlighter uh, with different colors to highlight different parts of each encounter, like the text parts in one color, the important um, rules or notes about what's happening in that encounter in yellow and then stat blocks in green just makes it easy for me to um it just makes it easy for me when i'm running a game 
to quickly kind of skim the book and be like, oh, yes, yes, we're in the room now. I've read the description. Let me just quick yellow, 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 yellow. I kind of see what's going on in the room. Yeah. Um, so I like it for that. And good read, good reader is um, cool in that when you go to annotate something, it immediately prompts you and says, do you want to annotate this copy or do you want me to make a new copy of the file and append the word annotated to it? So mm-hmm. that um, I, you know, you do not mar your, um, your you do not mar the original. Right. Sure. Nice. So I like that. I think that's a, a nice touch. And then um, for good reader, you can you can use highlighters. You can circle things. I, I I'm pretty much just a highlighter guy. Um, <laughs> well, I just okay. what I want is the visual. I want to be yeah, able to. Yeah, I want the yeah. cue to where my eye should go. I think we've talked about that, actually, and we went actually significantly more into your particular process of annotating when we talked about running published adventures. Absolutely. We don't have to harp yeah. on it here. I just wanted to make note of it. And if you're annotating other things like um, tiles or things like that, now you're getting into like drawing programs and things like that. Those are things that while um, I think a lot of ta- uh, a lot of tablets can do those things, those are things that for my own preference, I tend to just go to my computer and do. And, yeah, that's fair. and I have, so I have basically a rule. Um, I consume media on my tablet. I create things on my computer. Yeah. I, I, I rarely, I rarely create anything on my tablet. My tablet is like the thing I, I pick up off my desk, go sit on the couch, open up a PDF, read until I fall asleep. Um, but if I want to go make a thing, I, te- I don't take my tablet to the couch i just go to my desk and make a thing and that's just a me thing right because there are plenty of people who can draw and create and stuff on tablets and i um i you know all the more power to you but for me when i create i want to be at my desk i want to be sitting up and i want my big i want my big ass monitors um in front of me while i do it it's interesting i don't usually use my um my iPad for um, creating things, unless I'm traveling, at which point I no longer bring computers with me, right? I'm with I you. I used to. I'm right? with but you. But like, if I'm traveling, I will sit down and type on that thing. I will draw on it on the plane. I will, it, it becomes a, a media generation and media consumption tool at that point for portability's sake. That is a whole different conversation that has nope. very little to do with this one. Skip right along. All Carrying right, so on. What's so the, what? let's, let's talk about using digital files in the game itself okay so right? and and i think i think the the one of these two so there's sort of two parts to this one right there's using them in the game itself at the physical table and there's using your electronic files in the game itself but you're already playing online and i think honestly the the one that probably needs a little bit more light shown on it is at the physical table right because there's like the translation process versus having the book sitting there um yeah. <laughs> Awkward silence as we both can't tell who's going to talk next. I'm not editing this, by the way, so I'm going to keep going. So this is where I um, I put everything that I'm going to run for like a con or if I'm taking a game to someone else's house, but I have it electronically or something. This is where I put that stuff on my iPad. Um, and I will sync my uh, Dropbox folder before I go to 
just in case. Like, I'll make sure that things are available locally in case somebody's like, oh, no, we don't have anything to play. I'll be like, oh, no problem. I have these six protocol games and here's a deck of cards, right? Um, so it becomes a way for me to carry a lot of game books at the same time in a very small space. But it's also a big enough screen that um, having it sitting on the table so that it's just sort of there and open and potentially annotated in colors and cool things to make it very visually easily to identify what you're looking at stuff. Um, it's just there, just like the book would be, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I will take that up one notch. Everything that you said, I do the exact same thing, right? So when I yep. go to a con, uh, I do not take any physical books with me. I, um, I load up my, I load up my iPad with the things I need to have. Um, and I do the same thing you do. I have everything local. I don't, I don't assume that I'm going to be able to jump out to Dropbox and grab something. Um, I might, like so say like say we're gonna you know ad hoc a game that i didn't download for some reason maybe i'll try to get to a starbucks or something really quick or my hotel room and you know download it the next that night or something but for the most part if the things i think i'm going to be running i make sure are local on on the device now the thing i do when i'm running at the table and i do this for my home games i do this for con games if i'm playing at my actual table i have an ipad stand i don't use the stand that my cover turns into. Um, I don't particularly like the angle. It's a weird angle. So I, I, there's two things. I don't like the low angle, right? Mm Because I think it's a little too low. And I don't like the high angle because it's not sturdy, right? I don't want my iPad uh, tipping over. So I have two different iPad stands. Um, And I've had a number of them, right? I think I, I think I tipped you off onto one right from Anchor. That was a, it's a relatively small stand running around here somewhere. (laughs) Yep. It's a relatively small stand. You can just pop open. Um, Compass is a stand that I really like. I've had a compass stand forever. Um, And it, it closes up into like a very narrow. um, uh, It's a little bigger than a pen and heavier than a pen, but it actually um, like unfolds into this nice, like little triangle and you put your iPad in it. Um, And then recently for my home games, I bought this um, chunky iPad stand that actually stands like it it goes up um, like significantly higher, like eye level. So they can actually create space on the table by raising it up off the table and still being able to put like cards and stuff underneath it. Wow. Um, And I will stick my iPad um, uh, into that. I don't think that I would take the big chunky stand to a con like it's not small and it comes in a pouch that's in the, like in my backpack right now. Um, I would like, I do take it to my game table to play physically. Although I have not been at my game table (laughs) um, (laughs) in seven months. It's been months. Right. But, but for like, but if I was going to take it from my office, um, you know, my office upstairs to my table downstairs, then yes, like I, I throw that thing in my bag and then, you know, have it up on the table. Um, but I like that. Um, and again, we did a whole thing on mise en, mise en place about um, arranging your GMing space and stuff like that. For me, having the iPad present, but being conscious of like how much table space I have from where I'm sitting, I like to kind of get it up off the table a little. Um, or at the very least, I want it on an angle so that um, when I'm playing, I can just like turn to the side and it's right there and I can do whatever I need to um, to it, 
right? I don't want to have to like go into my bag, take it out, open it up, unlock it, um, you know, open up the app, whatever. Like I want it on the table, app open, rule book open, uh, and ready for reference. So the flip side of that, I would think right now, lots of people are doing, I know that I am doing, and I know that you are doing, is we're all playing online, right? Sure. So um, the thing that I've been finding is that it's a particularly good time to have multiple displays. Yes. Because I really like having the rules on one display and all the rest of the stuff that I'm doing, like the Zoom and everything... On the other display. That's pretty I'm much a big fan of that. <laughs> that's pretty much how I'm running. So when I'm running games now, um, I am running my main screen. Um, I'm running my main screen with probably seventy percent of the screen is roll twenty. Yep. And then thirty percent in a narrow strip, a narrow vertical strip, is zoom with yep. gallery view so that everybody's yep, so have all the people yep. right all the people like all the people are on the edge of that screen and i can see them yep and then on my secondary monitor i will have uh one note open mm-hmm. with my with my session notes and that'll take up half the screen and then i will have the pdf viewer open on the other half of the screen with my rule book and that's um pretty much everything i need on my displays, like I'm running the game on this monitor and I've got reference material on my secondary monitor. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I haven't been playing anything that really requires maps, etc. So for me, it's been very much like on the giant display, I have the zoom and also my character sheet. <laughs> and then I, on the secondary display, the rules. I like, got to show you. I got a really it. interesting... Um, Somebody, and I wish I knew their name because I'd like to give them credit, but it was a, it, it's an article that you can find on Running Numenera on um, Roll20. And instead of having maps, they made this uh, page that is just kind of their landing spot. Yeah. Because they don't really use maps. And it's got a couple different boxes for you to put information in. So, like, I have it and I have, like, tokens for the characters at the top and I put tokens... Um, in a box, in the NPC box. Not that we're using them on a map, but just so that people can see the faces. And I might put in, like, in there's a lower box, and sometimes I put, like, the objective for the night in the lower box. So, like, that's all there. Like, it's just like, it's like a placemat. So, here's the thing that I will say, because I definitely backed that new um, role app. Yeah. Um, I just got my my beta invitation, and I haven't been in it yet but I'm excited to. <laughs> yeah. I'm, It'll be I'm interesting to see how that goes. I'd be very curious. I'm, uh, I've had roll 20 forever because I actually backed the Kickstarter that predates roll 20 that roll 20 bought. Yeah. Um, and so like I automatically got a thing. So when pandemic hit, cause I wasn't really using roll 20 when pandemic hit, You're I like, just, oh, yeah, roll 20. I just I mean, jumped into roll 20. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have played a lot of games in roll 20 anyway. Um, so that's yeah. Online. Online, the is same easy. things apply, but like, it's really nice if you can have it in a different display than all the other stuff that you're trying to do. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty much that. Um, did you want to talk briefly about updates and versioning because digital files? Yeah, sure. Because, you know, publishers often update their files and um, you may or may not know about them, right? So yeah. here's the... Here's the um, 
here's the tricky parts, right? So in your cloud of things, like in the things that are coming into your cloud, um, the easy one is drive through. Yeah. Um, drive through will actually inform you if there's been version changes. And if you get the, um, drive through app, um, it will actually sync your library. Um, it will sync your libraries together. Like it'll yeah. sync your cloud, their cloud library to your personal library, which would be cool. Cause it'll automatically push you updates. Um, more times than not, I will get an email from someone or someplace that there's a new version and then I will go download it and then yep. file it. Right. Yep. And then the thing I do is either I will take the old version and put it in like an archive folder or I just delete the version. Right. So, uh, for instance, like for cartel, um, I had, you know, like I had the original ash can, then I had like the partial rules at one point when Mark released them, then the partial, the next partial rule. Right. So like, I just threw all the old ones away and was just like, now I have the final rules for this game. Right. Yeah. I have, I had, I, I'm actually pretty sure that floating through my, um, my, my computer at various places are many different versions of Shinobi Gami. Right. Yeah, I feel like I got I feel like I got at least three PDFs of that, which I don't blame them at all. I'm thrilled about it. I can't wait to run it. But like, there was a lot of versions and, that I I personally, it's on me, didn't clean up. Right. And and this is why, again, going back to the beginning of the episode, this is why if you have a good system for a good system and some a little bit of discipline to yeah. put those things right into your repository, then what happens is when you get an update, you put it in the repository and you're like, oh, I have an old version? Oh, all right, yep. cool. I'll, yeah. I'll discard the Scrap April back. version. I'll put the June version in. I'm good. Yep. Um, otherwise, the June version's in a folder somewhere, the April one's in a different folder, and now when you go to play, you're like, oh, do I use the one on my desktop? That one's from March. Was do there I a newer the one? I don't remember. Right. Maybe. <laughs> all right. So does that make sense? Like, does that all make yeah, sense? Yeah, I think like, kind of nailed it all. Right. The crux of this being like really just having a simple and easy to use single place to put all your stuff. Yes. Ideally, wherever you put it, you should also back it up. Like yes. either have backups, do backups, like um, something like that. Right. Because um, you're not going to want to have to re- recreate this from your cloud. No. Um, if something goes wrong. Cool. Yeah. I love it. Ready to pack up and roll out? Yes. All right. Uh, in order for us to do that, though, you got to tell us about another show on the Mr. Mark Network. Oh, goodness. Um, well, let's see. Uh, we've recently gotten Bone, Stone, and Obsidian back, and that is a cool show. I, there's cactus panties. <laughs> what? Cactus panties. <laughs> Isn't that where we went with that? No. I don't no? remember. Oh dear. Okay. Well, so um so it's a very cool conversation about the dark sun setting and you should probably go check it out. Good. Good. Way to wing that. Saved it. Saved it. Nailed Save. it. Hey, I don't want to hear it from you. You nailed the opening. <laughs> Say Senda. Where do people find us on the internet? 
Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, uh, forums.misdirectedmark.com, or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Hey, just like tonight, um, you can ask us a question, um, leave us a topic, throw us a suggestion for a show, whatever it is you're interested in hearing, we want to make that show for you. So Mm -hmm. um, we highly encourage just uh, sending those along to us. Uh, there's no rhyme or reason. It's whatever strikes our fancy. I mean, this one, you know, we got on the forums and as soon as I looked at it, I was like, yeah, I could do a half hour plus on that. So, (laughs) um, so that's how it happens. Um, but yeah, we, the, the really, the crux of it is like, we really pride ourselves on doing the show about topics that you find interesting. Um, we spend plenty of time talking about role-playing games. So if you leave it to just us, um, we're just going to, you know, make up ditch lily stuff and talk about cooking uh, with the occasional gaming thing thrown in. So it's way better if you suggest stuff to us. Significantly better, yes. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Mr. Mark Network, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Uh, patrons get access to the awesome Slack Room for Life uh, with a wonderful collection of human beings in the... Uh, uh, in there, I just I love them. I love them to pieces, um, and we're getting some new people in there, so it's even more exciting to kind of get to meet oh, them. It's super um, delightful. We, uh, you get the bonus outtakes from this show. You get the after show from Mr. Director Mark. Um, our Slack Room for Life also has a Friday luncheon. So if you are now a home worker um, and you're working from home and you want to uh, like pop in and hang out with us, we got like a Zoom going on Fridays where uh, whoever's free just gets together. Bring your lunch if you're on the East Coast. Bring your second breakfast if you're mountain time. Uh, get your morning cup of coffee if you're on. Uh, uh, what you call it if you're on the West Coast and if you're Andrew Dacey, uh, get your drink because your week's over. Right. Like you're you're heading into happy hour right. um, from London time. Anyway, um, you get all those good things. There are other things that we've done in the past when we are past pandemic. I have a, I have a strong feeling those things will be coming back as well. Um, but in the in our more in our more conservative pandemic times, um, those are the big reasons to come join the Patreon. And the thing is, your patronage is what makes uh, all of this possible. It keeps the network running, um, gives us equipment in order to do the show, replaces things that break because things do break. Cords go bad and mics mm-hmm. eventually, you know, break and stuff like that. I mean, I punch a mic every week from Mr. <laughs> Mark. Eventually it's going to give out. Um, anyway, um, all of those things are possible uh, because of your generosity. And we thank you immensely uh, for that. There is another thing that you could do. It helps us immensely. Again, we've talked about we talk about it every week. I don't want to get into it too deeply. If you listen to us, you will love us. But we really need more people to listen. And the best way to get strangers to listen is to do what? Uh, you could leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show. It's just if you don't leave it on iTunes, you should probably let us know where it is. So that we can go look at it and see it and feel warmed through the cuckolds of our hearts. Right? Absolutely. Right. Good. Uh, Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show. Um, So we really, really appreciate them. And thank you so much to everyone who has already left a review um, and everyone who is going to. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Say, Senda, when are you going to clean up that uh, trash pile of, uh, of files all over your desktop and you're, your uh, download? No, no, it's supposed to be show me. 
Show me. <laughs> Show me how you're going to clean up go. <laughs> that trash pile of an inbox of yours. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got. 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 Click, click. I'm assuming that you clicked. I did click. I did, I did. I promise I did. I also clicked. I am sleepy. This is not. I'm sleepy, but my sleepy is resulting in nonsensical giggle distractions. Yes. So this should be a great episode. Yes, this one will be by Will of Phil. Phil is going to be all like, straight man, we're going to get a show done. And Senda is going to be all like, yep, squirrel. Hang on, I'm going to just change my gain a little on this before we get into the good stuff here. All right. This is the good stuff. What are you talking about? No, I know. I'm just, I'm checking to make sure my, uh, I'm checking to make sure my mic. No, everything else looks good. All right. Okay. I mean, I could, nope. you know, dig up this peach that jiggles. Again, this gift. Get really nowhere with, with this. <laughs> okay. All right. Hang on. I'm going to change my seating real quick. That's very me too. Okay. Oh, I'm sitting, I don't know, less by, more straight. <laughs> we try. I know, I'm terribly bad at leaning in chairs and stuff. All right, we ready to do this? Okay. Oh, look at us both yawning. Oh, Adjusting my mic one last time. <sighs> All righty. Don't worry, people. I'm not quite that bad, actually. Mostly.